Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. So, man, that we are excited to announce that summer camp 2018 is coming. And that's the theme, students, for the moment. For the moment. And the reason why we live, the reason why we go to camp for the moment is so that at the end of that journey, when you're sitting right here, you will look back at each of those moments that you've had and you go, man, it's because of that moment that I'm experiencing this moment. And so seniors, I'm so excited for you. We have a great, great night planned. And on that note, I want to give you guys all a gift, all right? How many seniors, how many seniors have already received a gift for their graduation? What, did, what have you guys received? Candy. Candy? Oh, all right, candy, money, okay. Any other gift? If you guys were graduating high school, what would you want more than anything? New car, okay, okay. Uh, I think what I have is better than a new car, but college tuition, okay. Anything else? All right. I'm going to give you the best gift that you can ever give a high school graduate. I'm about to give you, in front of all of these people, I am about to give you the ultimate high school graduation gift. Are you ready? Are you ready for it? Nope, it's not there. It's not there. Are you ready for it? You ready for it? Max, 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 hit the radio. Turn on the radio. Because I'm about to give you the gift of travel. All right? And I'm about to take you, senior, sit up, buckle up. I'm about to take you, here we go. We're traveling across the country, across the world, past the Greek Isles. Click back on my PowerPoint there, there you go. Past the Greek Isles here. Did everyone say, ooh, yeah, happy graduation. Past the Greek Islands to the coast of Greece. Everyone say, ah, to a coastal town called Laodicea. Give it up. Welcome to Laodicea, everybody. Here we go. We're here in Laodicea. This is your graduation trip. You have worked hard to make it to this trip. And so here's what you need to know about Laodicea. Laodicea, rich, all right? Laodicea was the most wealthy, wealthy city in the Roman Empire, all right? We're living it up in Laodicea, right? This was the crossroads the crossroads of the Greek region there. And so you look here, even today's archeology span shows you the roads. This all roads cross through Laodicea. You don't seem excited. You don't seem excited. So let's change it up here. Let's change it up. Let me show you what Laodicea would have looked like through the eyes of college, of high school graduates 2000 years ago. That road right there, you're like, that doesn't look fun. Boom. Welcome to Laodicea. Here we go. Laodicea, graduates. This is the place where you'd be walking down the street. And ladies, where are my ladies at? You ready for some shopping? All right. Laodicea is the place to do your shopping. But this is not just the type of shopping that the ladies like. Where are my dudes at? Any dudes? This is, this is the kind of shopping that even JJ would like because friends, Laodicea, Laodicea was the city of fashion, okay? 
It was the city of fashion. They had clothes and fabrics. The clothes, man, it would be like you're walking down Laodicea, you're walking down Main Street and you feel like you're in a fashion show, right? Ladies sporting the newest fabrics and styles. Make shopping fun. You're like, Sam, I'm graduating high school. It's not about fun, it's about getting a business. Okay, okay, Mrs. Smarty Pants. Let me tell you, you want a good education? Welcome to Laodicea, all right? Laodicea is this blooming metro booming metropolis full of tons of college career options. You want to work at a bank, Drew? You want to make bank working at a bank? Welcome to Laodicea. This was the leading center. This was the leading banking center in the empire. You're like, I don't want to work in a bank. I want to be a doctor when I grow up, all right? I see you, Alyssa. You're going to get you. She's going to be a doctor on horses. They didn't have horse doctors up in there. They didn't even have witch doctors, but they did have eye doctors. Laodicea was on the cutting edge of ophthalmology, of eye care, right? This is very prestigious, very prestigious. Friends, you, got, you can think of it this way. Laodicea was the original La La Land for high school graduates. This was the city of dreams. This is not La La Land, this is Laodicea. Welcome to Laodicea, everybody. Welcome, thank you. And so seniors, you are now transported. You are in Laodicea and I want you to stay there for the rest of the message, okay? You are here. You are in the wealthiest city of the Roman Empire, cutting edge, fashion, successful. You're here, welcome. That's my gift to you. Nobody else that's coming to your graduation parties just got you a one-way ticket to Greece. I promise you that. And if they did, I need to be friends with them. And so I want you to sit here in Greece. I want all of us to sit here in Greece as we go through this message. And I want you to ask yourself this question. What is it like to be a Christian in Laodicea? Seniors, what is it like to be a Christian there? You should know you're there, right? You're living in Laodicea. Everything that I just described to you is true. What is it like to be a Christian in Laodicea? What is it like? And I want you all to pay attention to the answer here because I believe Laodicea is relevant for you. Seniors, you need to pay attention to this passage today because each and every single one of you is about to move into a season that can be called a season of Laodicea. You guys are moving into the next stage of your life. You're moving into the next season of your life. I know the tears are already flowing. Shh, don't make me cry. Don't make me cry, right? You're moving into a season that is going to be marked by education, by career. God willing, you're gonna experience achievements and recognition and your own sense of identity and hopefully success. The next season can be called a season of Laodicea. And so seniors, here's what I want you to do. For your last time at Citizens as a senior, you're gonna be here all summer as graduates and hopefully beyond that as camp rec staff and, and youth staffers and all those things, but listen, for your last message, as a high school senior, before we call you up here and move you on, I want to give you the last message in our Overcome series. And the last message of the seven letters is written to the church in Laodicea, and I call this letter, Laodicea, you need me. Look at your neighbor and say, you need me. You shouldn't have said that because he's not talking about you. 
This is Jesus writing the letter. You need him, okay? So are you guys ready for the last letter in Overcome? Are you guys ready? Seniors, are you ready? All right. Hey, you're still in Laodicea, right? Isabel, you're in Laodicea? Isabella, here we go. Last message for you guys. Laodicea, citizens, graduates, you need me. You need me. Verse 14. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. And so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich. I have, per- I have prospered and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Welcome to Laodicea. Jesus here in these verses, he is putting his finger on the one sore spot of the Laodicean scene, okay? Yo, Laodicea had it going on, okay? But the one thing that they didn't have going on was drinkable water. (laughs) Think Mexico. Mexico! Don't drink the water, right? There's a lot of stuff going on in Laodicea. Don't get me wrong, that is a hopping scene. But here's the one thing that they don't have, drinkable water. And so think of it like this, okay? Back, if you were back there, to the left, to one side, right? To the, to the northwest of Laodicea, you had Heropolis. Heropolis was known for their natural hot springs. Everybody say hot. Have you guys ever been to hot springs? You can now, you're in Laodicea. Just grab an Uber, go about 20 minutes north. You can be there, okay, seniors? I recommend it after the sermon, let's do it. So you can go to the hot springs, everybody say hot. Heropolis is known for their hot springs. Go to the other side of Laodicea and you have Colossae and they are known for their pure, refreshing, cold springs, right? You got Aquafina, you got, what is it? Nestle water, what else do you drink? You drink uh, Dasani. Back in the day, they got that Colossae, right? That $5 Voss bottle, it was like Coloss, not Voss, right? Everybody say cold. So you got hot water over here, you got cold water over here, and then there was Laodicea. And you know what what kind of water they were known for? The water that was produced on the land of Laodicea was this undrinkable, calcium carbonate, chalky kind of water. And you know what would happen if you drank the water? (laughs) Mexico, it's going one way. Laodicea, it's coming the other way. There was literally sediments in the water that if you would drink it, it was vomit inducing. (laughs) The water would make you gag and vomit. Welcome to Laodicea, right? And so Jesus, he's talking to him and he's putting his finger on the one sore spot of the Laodicean scene. And he goes, hey, I wanna talk to the Christians in Laodicea. Church of Laodicea, graduates that are visiting, welcome, I wanna talk to you. You know that whole water situation you got going on? That's kind of what your spiritual condition is like. You know how like (laughs) that water is not hot or cold. It's kind of like useless. It's literally good for nothing except for making me gag and throw up. That's kind of you. You're neither cold. (laughs) You are not hot. You are lukewarm. 
warm. And when I look at the condition of your faith, Christians in Laodicea, it makes me want to gag and spit it out of my mouth. You're lukewarm, he says to them. He says, you are lukewarm. And just the sight of this makes me nauseous. (laughs) Students, bring it in, bring it in. Students, lean forward. What do you think the condition of your faith needs to be like to make Jesus nauseous? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what must your spiritual condition be like to make Jesus Christ nauseous? You want to see what what it means to be lukewarm? Look at the rest of the verse. Look what they say. Verse 17. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered and I need nothing. Laodicea, one of the most successful cities in the empire. But here's what we learn. Their success has created their self-reliance. Welcome to Laodicea. Their success has created their self-reliance. When he says that they're lukewarm and nauseating, he's saying your spiritual condition is marked by self-reliance. All of your success, all of your achievements, all of your wealth has made you think, I need nothing. And if you were to poke the Laodicean Christians, they wouldn't go, ooh, they would go like this. They'd go, I got this, I got this. I got this. That's their spiritual condition. They don't need God. They're certainly not desperate for him. They're not relying on him. Their faith and reliance is not in Jesus Christ. It's in their success. It's in their wealth. It's in the things that they think they can do for themselves. And so they say, I got this. I got this. But students, do they really not need Jesus? What do you think? They've achieved a lot. They're wealthy. They're successful. But, but do you think they actually, do, do they or do they not need Jesus though? What do you guys think? Thank you. Do, we, do they or do they not need Jesus? Do they or do they not need Jesus? Do you or do you not need Jesus? Yes, friends, students, without Jesus, all of us, everybody say, I I am, am. now read those words. (laughs) Not rich, wretched. You don't deserve to graduate, boy. Not rich, wretched. Students, of course they need Jesus. Listen, listen, listen. Of course they need Jesus. Students, of course you need Jesus. Unless Jesus intervenes in your spiritual condition, you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Students, of course they need Jesus, but their success has blinded them to their real spiritual condition. And what's their real spiritual condition? Wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Their real spiritual condition is this. They are hopeless without Jesus. I got this. No, you don't. You are hopeless without Jesus. But students, they have forgotten that. Have you? They have forgotten how desperate they are for Jesus. Have you forgotten? I'm a graduate. I got this. 
I'm a senior. I got this. I'm going to college town, BMOC, big man on campus. I got this. Have you forgotten that you're desperate for Jesus? Have you forgotten that you are hopeless without him? Students, the reason why I'm preaching this passage is because you guys are going into a season of life that is full of potential for you to think that you got this. You're going into a season of life where you are about to receive education, success, career opportunities, recognition, hopefully wealth. It's gonna be a few years away and then you gotta pay off college debt, but it's coming, right? And all of those things can make you start to say, I got this. But graduates, here's my word to you tonight. You mustn't forget. You mustn't become blind to the reality that apart from Jesus Christ, you are desperately hopeless. But Sam, I'm the valedictorian. But Sam, I got a really good internship lined up. But Sam, I got money. Sam, I'm responsible. I got an apartment off campus. But Sam, I've arrived. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. And the moment that you start to think that you've got this, you've actually become blind to your real spiritual condition. You are hopeless without Jesus. And so graduates, listen to me. Every single senior, listen to me. You need to overcome the temptation to self-reliance. You need to overcome your temptation in this season to self-reliance. Never forget that you need God. If you're not careful, seniors, you're gonna come back to my office a year from now and you're gonna be strutting around, be like, yo, Sam, I've been to Laodicea and it was off the chain and now I'm off the chain and now I got this. And because I love you, I will look at you in your eyes, hold your hand and go, you're hopeless without Jesus. You've never outgrown your need for Jesus, graduates. You must overcome the temptation to self-reliance. And you know how you can overcome that? You know how you can overcome it? Sam, I don't need to overcome it. That will ne- I will never, I am sitting on the front row. I'm going to a Christian university. I will never think I don't need Jesus. Students, remember there's an enemy against your soul and he's trying to seduce you with your own wealth and success. He's trying to draw you away from a faith and reliance in Jesus Christ, and he will be whispering those words to you. You got this. You don't need him. And even if you would never say that, your actions and your lifestyle say it. And so Jesus will look at you, the faithful and true witness, who will truly tell you how it is, even when you're blind, he will look at you and say, I know your works. And with your works, you're saying, I got this. Do you know how you can overcome this temptation? One major way, rehearse the gospel. The gospel is the least flattering truth in the world about yourself. Rehearse the gospel message. Wake up every morning, remind yourself. For example, go to Ephesians chapter two and read these words every morning. And instead of saying you, you could say I. And I was dead in the trespasses and sins in which I once walked. I was following the course of this world. I was following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. I once lived in the passions of my flesh. I was carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind. I was by nature destined to be a child of wrath like the rest of mankind. Hopeless without Jesus. And then 
remind yourself of the truth in verse five. But God, I was hopeless without Jesus, students. Students, you, are ho- you were and are hopeless without Jesus. But guess what? You don't have to have the without Jesus. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive. You remind yourself of that truth every day. You remind each other of that truth every day. I know a few of you are going to the same college campus. Shame on you when you do not remind each other of the truth of the gospel. Have each other's back. Remind yourself and remind each other that apart from Jesus, we are hopeless. And in that way, your successes, your wealth, your grades, your achievements, all of those things will not make you forget your great need for Jesus and it will prevent you from producing a nauseating self-reliance. And so point number one, students, Jesus is saying to them, their their success has created their self-reliance. And instead of self-reliance, look what Jesus calls them to do in the next movement, okay? Look at the second half here. I counsel you. Jesus is counseling them. Isn't that awesome? You ever like, I just need to go to a counselor. Jesus, the true and faithful witness is like, let me counsel you, okay? Let me speak to you the truth. Let me tell you the way that it really is. Let me tell you the truth about yourself, okay? He goes, I counsel you. Buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich. Everybody say gold. Buy gold. He says, buy from me white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. Say garments. If we were using my translation, I'd be like, fine threads, okay? But this is the ESV, not the SCV, okay? And salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Everybody say salve. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Jesus is counseling them and this is his counsel. He reminds them, You need me. You need me. The Laodiceans, they were looking to their wealth. They were looking to their achievements. They were even looking to their fashion to give them something. But students, here's the thing. All of the things that you are looking to, all of the things that you are putting your trust in and your faith in to give you something, all of the things that you think you can get for yourself, Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh, get it from me instead. All the things you think you can get for yourself, come and get it from me instead. You think wealth is gonna get you something? Laodiceans, you think your riches are gonna get you something? He says, come to me because only in Christ will you find true gold. Only in Christ, in Christ will you find true treasure. It's called salvation. Only in Christ will you receive clothing that actually affects your status, that actually moves the needle, right? And it's the garments of salvation and righteousness that will clothe your shame. We try to hide behind our fine threads and cool clothes. Only in Christ will we find the real clothes that move our status. Only in Christ, Laodiceans, who are all into your new eye salves and all your eye technology. And it was like LASIK surgery 2,000 years ago, you know? Like, yo, we got this. He's like, no, you don't. Because only in Christ will your eyes be healed by the salve of anointing so that you can really see who I am, so that you can really see your true condition. Anything that you think you can find out there, students, you must find it in Christ. 
What are you seeking when you go away to college? What are you looking for? What are you honestly hoping to achieve and add to your life in this next season of life, in this next season of your career? No matter what you get, no matter what experience you have, no matter what achievements and accolades you receive, students, hear me, seniors, graduates, hear me. You need Jesus. You need Jesus Christ. You need to buy from him what you're looking for. But here's the thing. You have to understand this because you're like, okay, okay, okay. I'll go and I'll buy from Jesus. No, no, understand this. You cannot buy from Jesus. Look at me. You cannot purchase anything from Jesus until you realize that you're poor. Like, how am I supposed to buy from Jesus if I don't got no money? First of all, that's like college. But no, no, in the metaphor here, okay? You're like, I know, I put on my credit card. Hey, come over to my house. This Saturday, actually, grad party, let's make sure we talk about finances, okay? Haney's, remind me, we need to talk about finances because if I find any of you with a credit card in college, I'm coming down and cutting it up personally, okay? That was for free. I won't charge you for that one because you have no money. Before you can buy anything from Jesus, you have to realize you're poor. Only once you realize that you're poor, only once you realize that you have nothing with which to buy, then you're invited to come and buy from him. Only those who acknowledge their spiritual poverty, only those who show up to Jesus and, and, and say, I have nothing, only they can get something put in their hand. But when we come to the Lord with our hands closed, say, no, no, what I have, I can get for myself. Look, look what I've done for myself, Jesus. What do you have for me? Nothing. Because Jesus can only put something in an empty hand, not one that's still holding on to your own riches and wealth. The things that we think we can get for ourselves, if we're holding on to those, there's no room for Jesus. Only those who realize this is garbage and they drop it humbly and they say, Jesus, I have nothing. Then you can come and buy from him. Jesus is channeling the spirit of the merchant back in Isaiah 55. In Isaiah, God says, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, you who have no money, you who are poor, you who are broker than broke, you come buy and eat. Come buy wine, when you're 21, and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that, which is not bread? Look, Jesus, look what I got for myself. Why are you buying that? That is nothing. Why are you paying money for something that is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live. Students, graduates, come to Jesus. Buy from him what you're looking for in the next season of life. Come to him so that your soul may live. So that your soul may live. You're like, this is not a graduation message. Right? I thought you were going to celebrate me. Why are you scolding me? <laughs> Why are you calling me a lukewarm, nauseating Laodicean? <laughs> Why are you pretending I sound like that? I don't sound like that. I'm a big kid. This is a hard message, right? This is my last message of citizens and you ruined it, you jerk. <laughs> Jesus wrote the letter, so watch your mouth. <laughs> I'm just kidding, you know? 
But guys, this is a hard message to hear, especially for those of us who lack humility, especially for those of us like me who tend towards self-reliance, but Jesus is giving them this message because he loves them, because he loves you. And those whom he loves, he reproves and disciplines. I discipline my child, okay? You know why I discipline my child when he disobeys? Do you know why I discipline my child when he like takes a truck and like mashes his little friend in the face? Oh, he's just being a boy. No, he's not. You know why I discipline him? Because there's something worse than having a little swat on the bottom. You know what's worse than having a little swat on the bottom? Growing up to be a man who has no empathy. Growing up to be a man who has no character. Growing up to be a man that has no integrity. Growing up to be a man that lies and doesn't even blink. That would be far worse than a little quick temporary swat. And so because I love my son, I discipline him. And because Jesus loves you, he knows your works and he looks at you. And sometimes he says, you're lukewarm. You're relying on yourself. And you need to drop all of that, what you're pursuing. You need to drop all of those things that you're chasing. And you need to come and buy from me that your soul may live. Yes, this is hard, students. But correction is not the lack of love. Correction is the demonstration of love. And so look how Jesus corrects his, his, his um, disciples, how he corrects his church, and he ends here in our last couple of verses. Third movement, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who overcomes, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. He says, you're being self-reliant. I'm correcting you because I love you, but let me encourage you here. Those who overcome will be with me. Those who overcome get to be with Jesus. Do you, guys, do you guys catch the reference when he's talking about knocking on the door? Do you remember the parable that we just learned a couple weeks ago about the master of the house? Remember the master of the house? You're like, of course, Sam, because I study every sermon and I remember. I don't know why you sound like that today, but that's like my inner senior. So I, of course I remember. Remember the master of the house, right? The master, he's like packing up his bags. He's putting on one of those cool REI backpacking things. He's got like his hiking boots and all the servants are like, master, why are you putting on your book bag? They're seniors too, apparently. Why are you getting dressed? And he goes, I'm going for a trip. I'm going to be out. I want you to go and watch the house, take care of the house because I'm going to be right back and I want to make sure things are tidy. I want to make sure you're being faithful when I come back. Oh, no problem, boss. Um, like how long are you going to be gone? Like 24 hours? Is this like a couple days? A month? Are you going to find yourself for like a year? <laughs> How long are you going to be gone? And he puts on his backpack, opens the door and he goes, I don't know. And he walks off. And the parable continues. He goes, some of the, some of the servants, they go, he's not coming back. Nah, plenty of time, right? Your remote control doesn't make that noise. Right? And they're just like chilling. And then those other servants are like, boy, you lost your mind? You should have played. The master can come back at any moment. And so I want to be found faithful when he comes back and they're doing the sweeping, right? And they're faithfully washing and they're making the beds and doing the sheets. And I don't even know what other chores you can do. I would be a bad servant, right? But they're doing like all the servant kind of things. 
And he says, one day I'm going to come back and I'm going to knock on the door. I hope I find you being faithful to me. I hope you do. And so look what he's saying to them in this passage. At the very last letter, as he's ending this sermon series, Overcome, what does he say? Does he say, I will come and knock at the door? Does he say that? Does he say, get ready, because one day I'm coming back and knocking on the door? Is that what he says? What does he say? Seniors, comprehension, go. What does he say? It's in yellow. What does he say? Seniors, final exam here, okay? What tense is that? Dude, how are my fifth graders coming into sixth grade? How are they responding ahead? Dude, they all literally just went, present. (laughs) I make you insecure. I'm sorry. I love you. Trust yourself. Believe in yourself. Unless you're wrong. He's continuing the parable, and he says, I stand at the door and knock. I'm back. I'm basically back. I am so close to coming back that it's like I'm on the doorstep. My hand is right here and I'm like, I'm like in knocking mode. And he's saying that because he's going, servants, before I even knock, I'm giving you a chance in my infinite grace and mercy and patience. I'm giving you a chance to get off your butts. I'm giving you a chance to become faithful. I'm giving you a chance to express your reliance on me. I'm giving you a chance to repent. I'm about to knock. Get your act together. About to knock. Will I find you ready for my return? Jesus is saying to them, again, he's hearkening back to Luke 12. Jesus is saying to them, be like men who who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. He's like, seniors, I'm standing at the door. I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to come home. Be servants who are so faithful to me that when you hear the knock of my door, you, you're already up on your feet and you're ready to be welcoming and ready and waiting for me. Be those servants, seniors. Be ready for the return of Jesus by overcoming the temptation to be self-reliant. And you know what happens when, you come, when, when he comes home and he finds you faithfully living for him? He's on the, he's on the doorstep. He's like, it's about to go down. And he's on the doorstep. And he says, when I knock and you're, sti- and you're sh- still standing, faithful, look, what, look what's going to happen here, okay? I will come in. Well, that makes sense. So Jesus is going to knock. You open the door and you're like, Master, I've been waiting for you this whole time. I'm ready for you. What is he going to do? I'm going to come into him and eat with him and he with me. Some of you guys are like, okay, that's pretty obvious. Like, duh. Tell us something we don't know. Let me tell you something you don't know. How many of you have seen Downton Abbey? Me and seven girls. Okay. Um, dang. All right. Rough crowd. I thought my, for sure my seniors. How many of you have seen, I'm about to like pole dark. Pole dark? It's me and four girls. Okay. Um, let's just draw it out. Where do the servants eat? Anybody familiar with kind of more high class culture? Where do the servants eat? In the kitchen. Also known as sometimes the servants quarters. Thank you, Annie. Appreciate that. 
They eat in the servants' quarters. Now that you know that piece of information, what makes this scene so powerful? He sits at the table. He says, this is the reward for you servants. I'm going to come in and rather than you serve me, I'm gonna serve you. But you're not eating the servants' quarters tonight. You're at my table and you're gonna sit down and I'm gonna be the one serving you. I'm gonna be the one supping with you. You're gonna have a guest at your table and it's me, your Lord. Sounds like Jesus, huh? Sounds like Jesus, because what he's saying is this, those who overcome infinitely at the end of the day, here's your reward, you get me. At the end of the day, students, here's what you get, you get to be with Jesus. The master will eat with the servants, and there's more. You will also rule with him on his throne. We've talked about this weeks ago, that even though we're in the minority now, even though we, are, we, we don't have home field advantage, one day we will. And one day we will live in and rule as part of the new earth from the righteous majority. I'm gonna end this sermon series the same way I started it. If you are a Christian, freeze, not like, yeah, I go to church. No, 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 not everybody here is a true Christian. Not everybody here has put their faith in Jesus Christ and said, I'm not living for myself anymore. I want to follow Jesus as Lord. I want to become a part of the family of God. And we understand not everybody's there. That's okay. We're all at different parts of the journey. And so if you're not a Christian, I'm glad you're here. That's okay. You are welcome to be a part of us. You are welcome to come and do life with us and come near enough to not only hear our message, but to see it lived out. And so you're welcome here. So this is not for you. But those of you, if you are here and you said, I've already been regenerated, I've experienced a new heart and new desires, I am made new through Jesus Christ, I want you to stand to your feet right now. If that's you, okay? 75, 80% of you, I wanna talk to you right now. Listen to me, listen to me. At the very beginning of this sermon series, I told you to stand up and I welcomed you to the conflict, Remember? Living for Jesus Christ is a war. Welcome to the conflict, I told you. And now tonight, I'm not welcoming you to the conflict. I wanna remind you what the conflict is about. At the end of the day, hey, close that door, buddy. Close that door, come on in. Yeah, grab him, would you? At the end of the day, the call to overcome is about getting to be with Jesus. You're in a conflict and I'm calling you to overcome. Graduates, I'm calling you to overcome. I'm sitting there and I was watching guys sing that song, prone to wander, Lord, I hear it. And I was praying for you and I was like, Lord, keep them. Keep them from wandering. Complete the work that you began in them. Help them to overcome. Please, Jesus, keep them. Guard them through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time for a future hope that is unperishing, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Keep them. The call is to overcome. But here's what. You're not called to overcome to make me happy. You're not called to overcome because it's the right thing to do. You're not called to overcome because you can have good morals and you can be a good example to others and there's little eyes watching you. No, 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 no. You are called to overcome in the midst of this conflict. You are called to maintain your faith and trust in God because at the end of the day, those who overcome 
get to be with Jesus. And he's coming back. Jesus Christ is coming back, not as a baby this time. This is Jesus Christ, the sequel. And he's coming to judge. And he is coming to end evil once and for all decisively. And he's coming to take those who are his to be with him forever in paradise. You may be seated. Students, I want you to overcome. And here's the message today. In this next season of life, those of you who are going to high school, those of you who are going to middle school, but especially those of you who are going to college, you must overcome the pull to be self-reliant. And in order to do that, you need to remember one thing. Everybody say one thing. Halfway through your freshman year, you're gonna be studying for a biology exam. You're gonna be up very late at night. It's gonna be one o'clock in the morning. It's gonna be a midterm. You're gonna lay in your bed. You're gonna be thinking about biology, photosynthesis, mitosis, cellular reproduction, and all of a sudden your youth pastor's words are gonna come popping into your mind and you're gonna remember the one thing. You never outgrow your need for Jesus. You're gonna be sitting in your dorm room, Miss Josie. You're gonna be sitting in your dorm room and you're gonna be studying. It's gonna be late at night and one of your friends are gonna go, oh my gosh, this is enough studying. Let's put on some dance music. And you're all gonna be like dancing. You're like, yay! Oh my gosh, this is the best day of my life! And then you're gonna go, oh! And you're gonna remember your youth pastor's words to you. One thing, one final message for you. You never outgrow your need for Jesus. And people are gonna be like, what's going on with you, weirdo? Why did your body stop moving? And then you can tell them what your youth pastor said. You're gonna be on college campus and all your friends are gonna be like, dude, you're really gonna go to chapel again today, Izzy? We have chapel every day. This is like a Christian campus. We're all Christians. And you're gonna go, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe we can just go to, ah! And you're gonna remember the one thing from your youth pastor. You never outgrow your need for Jesus. <laughs> Blink, it's now memorized. <laughs> JJ, you'll remember. <laughs> you never outgrow your need for Jesus. And so here's what I'm gonna do. Max, come on, don't put the radio on this time. Let's do, let's do live. Let's do live radio. You guys are still in Laodicea, right? All right, we're gonna hang out here. You actually get to hang out here for the rest of the week. I'm not bringing you back to Vancouver until after Saturday. So this Saturday, what is it, 12 o'clock? Is Chelsea here or Christine? At 12 o'clock, right? We're gonna meet here for our senior grad party, all right? We're gonna party hard, all right? It's gonna be a fat party. Not as fat as when Jesus comes back, though. That's gonna be nuts. Crazy. Yes, I will be there because I'm faithful until his return. <laughs> and so here's, here's what we're going to do before we, before we move on, before we, we go to our grad party in Laodicea. I'm going to let you guys go to the hot springs about 20 minutes north. I want all my seniors, all of my seniors, stand to your feet. You know what to do. Come on down here, seniors. If I can have my youth staffers, youth staffers, Michelle, come on down. Tessa, Lila, Becca, come on down here, guys. Scott, get over here, buddy. Teresa. Come on, all my youth staffers. No, no, seniors, come up here. Turn around, turn around, aw. As we go on, we remember. Do you know that one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Bring it in here, bring it in here. Aw, yeah, come on, aw. All the good times of November. All right. 
All right, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. Turn around. Face me. Face me. Face me. Seniors, you can't see me. You never outgrow your need for Jesus. Seniors, I want to talk to you, all right? I am so stinking proud of you. I really am. At the end of the day, like, this is what this is about, man. It is about you guys coming in as little sixth, seventh, or eighth graders, learning what it looks like to be a part of the community of Jesus. I have stories with each and every single one of you. You're like, you're looking at Jesus words here. Some of you are looking at Jesus words and you're like, that's not harsh. I have Sam as my youth pastor because I love you, right? <laughs> you seniors know what I'm talking about. We've had some hard talks, right? How many of you have left my office at least once and said, I hate that guy? Don't answer. <laughs> Don't you dare, right? But you know why I did that? You know why we've had all these hard conversations? Do you know why Christina has been on your case? Do you know why Chris has laid into you at camp? Do you know why all these people, do you know why Chad has laid, like, do you know why? Because we knew that we wanted you to show up on this day. And we knew that we wanted you to be able to graduate and get to the end of your high school career and say, I'm not perfect, but I know one thing, I need Jesus. And hopefully you can say my youth group, this community, of Christians who speak the word to one another and sing alongside of each other, these Christians have taught me what it means to be faithful to Jesus. And then you don't go back. You don't go back. Your faith in Jesus is not tied to youth group. Do you understand that? Your faith in Jesus is much bigger than youth group because one day some of you are gonna be sitting in the seat back there as rec staffers and ushers and leaders. And one day my son Micah, he's like three right now, he's gonna be going to camp one day. He better have a faithful small group leader, okay? Who's gonna love him enough to speak the truth to him, all right? Looking at you dudes. You're like, why does he hate me? I don't, I just want my son to have a nice small group leader one day. And so here's the message for you tonight, right? One thing, your youth pastor's telling you one thing on this last day, you never outgrow your need for Jesus. You never outgrow your desperate need for Jesus. You never come to a place where you go, I got this, you don't. And when you feel it, you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, you never outgrow your need for Jesus.